if you want to get more out of life. And yes, even during times like the ones we're living in, join me for this conversation with the author of Average Sucks, why you don't get what you want and what to do about it. My friend, Michael Burnoff on season one, episode five of Inner Spartan Unleashed. Welcome to Inner Spartan Unleashed. This is a gut check. The weekly podcast from your host, the CEO of Inner Spartan, Renee Rodriguez. This is the opportunity you've waited your whole life for, the chance to become the hero of your own story. Each week, you will receive expert tips from leaders in business, health, fitness, and relationships. Our mission is to get you unstuck and living your best life. Get ready to Spartan up. As founder and president of the Human Communications Institute, Michael has helped thousands of people transform their lives through his signature events and seminars and one-on-one coaching. Combining his natural talent as a communicator, deep understanding of motivation, and a powerful ability to tap into virtually anyone's desire for success, he's unlocked the mysteries to building charisma, influence, persuasion, and connection with others. The author of Average Sucks, Michael uses his human interaction technology, an innovative teaching method to shed light on subliminal psychological triggers that affect performance and reveals powerful strategy for leaving average life behind. The result is greater financial wealth, physical health, and lasting confidence in all aspects of life, both personal and professional. It's worth noting that I think I first met Michael, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when I was the CEO of Ty's company and we took over Dow, which is uh, currently fully owned now by a mutual friend, Tim Houston. I also want to say about Michael before I finish my introduction here is that Michael is one of those guys who is very known in the industry for mindset. Like there are people, and this isn't speaking to Michael's success of which he's had plenty, but there are people who are much more well-known for mindset. And Michael's the kind of guy that they listen to. Michael, welcome to Inner Spartan Unleashed. I love the intro. There's a mouthful. And the last part was uh, how it really works. It's the truth. And uh, say sometimes people don't know me, but they they know the work I've done. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. You're the guy behind the guy or the guy that everybody knows. And again, that's not to diminish the successes you've had because you've had a lot. But uh, you certainly deserve a, a much broader audience. And so I'm glad to do my part to help you reach some new people here today. Let's do it. I mean, never my goal, never my goal to be famous. It was to help people make a difference in the world. Well, that's what it's all about. It's just a marker of how many people you're able to help. Agreed. With everything that we're experiencing, Michael, what's the biggest surprise you've had this year? I mean, the surprise was this thing in itself. If you would have asked me what could have impacted my business in a negative or positive way, things that could happen, I'd have a list of things that could be. I, I would have said, hey, there's certain things you can't say because of you're not a doctor psychologically. You can't say. I would have thought possibly uh, they would change rates and rules at hotels. I would have thought a million different things. I never in a million years thought there'd be a a pandemic. I never thought that there'd be such a, a divide in in the world uh, that's going on right now. I never could have guessed this in a million years. Anybody says they could have guessed this, uh, they either in on it, <laughs> and then I want to get to know them because they may have the solution when it ends. Yeah. Or they're lying. And the reason I'm telling you that, that's probably my biggest thing is that it was a shock that this was never on the cards. I mean, I had, I was prepared for everything other than a global pandemic and it is global. This might be a recurring theme throughout this conversation, because one of the things that I've been focused on a lot in terms of the, my communication with my clients and people that I mentor is that what we once thought of as being prepared for everything, as you just said, This situation has taught us that many of us aren't as financially, emotionally, and physically resilient as we need to be. And so one of the focuses for us going forward is that if you were caught off guard by this, what are the things you need to do today to start making yourself more resilient for the next one? Because, you know, we live in a different world now, and I don't think that we'll ever go back to to the normal that we once had. Hopefully things aren't dramatically different. But I think that at some point, you know, we may experience something like this again, you know, we're in a globally connected community, and these things travel quickly. And whether it's a pandemic or some other economic or health crisis, as Warren Buffett has said, when the tide rolls in, you see who's swimming naked. And we see a lot of people swimming naked nowadays in our and a lot of people who are experiencing most fear, it's likely because they just weren't as well prepared as they could have been. So 
What are some of those things that you think that people can do to become more financially, physically, and emotionally resilient? I mean, first and foremost, I mean, this is where, this is a big thing. So I believe I have credibility on this because in 01, I was young, I'm 42 years old right now. I was starting my business in around September 11th, right around that time, I was really getting rolling in the business world. Wasn't doing exactly what I was doing, but I saw what happened and I'm like, wow, wow, you gotta be prepared. I mean, this, this sucks, travel industry's wiped out everything. So I put a mental note, when 08 and 09 hit, I wasn't married then, but my wife and I were together and I said to myself, never again, like never again am I ever gonna put myself in a position like I'm in right now and luckily I wasn't so far along in business in 08 and 09, I was building something. So when this hit, I, I don't wanna say I was lucky because I wasn't, it was a 12 years of preparation. Um, one of the things that I recognized is I got bumped by this. I didn't get knocked over and I watched a lot of clients that are restaurant owners and gym owners get their asses handed to them, literally, mm -hmm. and partially because they weren't prepared. So part of it is we've gotta recognize that what we do currently is not enough for our future. That's the whole thing I talk about with Average Sucks is that the concept is not about being better than others, is that who you are today is not good enough to get you what you want in the future. It's not. It's not like the Michael Jordan. I'm not a. I'm not a big basketball fan, but I've just watched the whole Michael Jordan. Did you watch that whole thing? Sure. Freaking awesome. Um, who he was in '84 was not a good enough for '96. It just was a different guy, a different player. So one of the illusions that we have is we've got to ask ourselves the question: Who are we going to need to be? five years, a decade from now to handle what could happen. So one of the things we got to look in the mirror and go and ask ourselves the question, am I good enough? And it's a scary thing. I mean, any, anyone knows you, you didn't listen to personal power when I was 20. And basically you learn real quickly, like feeling like you're not good enough is scary. Yeah. But if an entrepreneur asks themselves, is my business good enough? to withstand the biggest challenges, you're probably gonna get the answer back, no, which is a really wonderful answer. We all learn that if you get a no in sales, it's good, because then you figure out where to go from there. So when you get the answer no, then you gotta ask, what do I want it to be? And then we work on our insecurities. So this is the question we have to ask ourselves, whether it's blood work you're gonna get back, like I'm gonna go see my doc later today, get my IVs, get all my cool stuff that I'm gonna get to keep myself amped, because I got a lot of energy, but do I have enough to withstand all the things? So if you want to, Technical one, one, two, three, I could give you that. I would say step one is to ask yourself this major question is, are you good enough yet to handle any future? And if the answer is no, well then get down with a piece of paper and write down, well, what do I need? What do I need to make that happen? And there'll be a lot of things you write down and then you start knocking them off. And I'll tell you one thing we all have right now during this whole challenge is we got time. Mm -hmm. We're traveling less, we're going to dinner less. And if Netflix owns you, you're not being responsible to your business. If you're watching Tiger King in April, you missed it. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't yeah. be spending that time watching videos, learning and growing and, and working on your, your economics right now. So if we're traveling less and there's less traffic in LA, you're home more, use that time to work on things like financial and everything else. And I got a million things to say about that, but that's my basic psychological answer that most people don't want, but it's just straight truth. Yeah. So can we dig a little deeper on that? Because yeah. I think one of the things that I, I don't want anyone to take away from that is that when you ask yourself, am I good enough? This isn't really about you as an individual. It's yep. where you got to look at sort of the metrics in your life, the things yep. that, that your markers that are important to you, again, yep. whether it's physical, emotional, or financial, and make sure that you're properly prepared and then you've got to add some extra for contingency. So how do you, Michael, how do you kind of keep your finger on the pulse of where you are and what you need to do in order to make sure that you are more resilient for future uh, issues like this? We got to realize how you got here in the first place. This is the biggest thing right now that you got to really, really own is that every one of us, let me ask you this question. It's a crazy question. Sure. When is the last time you had this day where you said to yourself, never again am I going to act this way, be this way, be treated this way, whatever it is. Like, When is the day that you had the I'm going to become an entrepreneur day, I'm going to walk away from my job day, I'm going to not settle in a relationship. Did you ever have one of those days? Me personally, I've had several of those days. Give me one of them. Okay, I'll give you a simple one that's not quite as personal, but I was a contract CEO for this dating company who wanted to pivot into self-help. I helped them do that. And, you know, they grew about $3 million out of my watch in one year. When the pandemic hit, I recognized that they were going to need someone who could commit 14 hour days for the next six months yep. to make sure that they continue the path that we had set them on. Yep. And with some of the internal changes that were going on, I just had to come to a realization that, look, this was supposed to be for me a part-time contract gig 
which turned into full-time plus plus. And with having to launch Inner Spartan, which includes this podcast and other things, I just had to make the decision that it was time for me to go. It's kind of like, you know, what the flight attendants tell you on a plane that you've got to put your mask on first. And I can't help them while I'm neglecting the things that are important to me. So I had to focus on myself. You know, they were disappointed, but I had to make the right choice. And I feel like I left with integrity. I completed my commitment to them. I did everything I said I was going to do, uh, then some. And so, you know, that was one of those those moments where you had to make a choice and, and do what's right for yourself. We, we all make those choices. Every business gets created out of, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And everything gets created. So what happens in that moment, we do it automatically for ourselves, is we say, never again do I want to do this anymore. We build this wall behind us saying, never again am I ever going to go back to that way. And like, we dream out this thing that we want. So basically in your brain, and I can't use you as a prime example because we haven't talked about it enough, but a lot of times what happens is we say, never again am I going to do this thing. And then we build this dream out in front of us. And then we spend the days, weeks, and months saying, I don't want that. I do want this. I don't want that. I do want this. And our identity becomes the person that doesn't want this. I want that. I don't want this. And we build the relationships and we build what's called an automatic for our lives. Mm-hmm. I believe that most entrepreneurs are not very accustomed to understanding. This is why I wrote the book Average Sucks is this one simple reason. It's not a plug for the book. I mean, obviously you can find it. It's to understand that most people don't know their automatic and their average. And most people's average is, I don't want that. I want that. I don't, you don't actually get what you want, but we have an automatic. I work out twice a week. You have sex a couple times a month or a couple times a week, whatever your thing is, a few times a week, whatever your number is. You go on a date a certain amount of times, you eat healthy meals about this. Most entrepreneurs do not know what their average is. They know their best day and their worst day, but they don't know what their automatic go-to is. So when I watch a lot of people, they want to change their lives. They take the advice they got from their mommy and daddy when they were a kid, just work hard, Renee, be a good person. You'll be okay. Cause that's what our parents told us. Mm-hmm. But work hard and be a good person is called burnout as an entrepreneur. What we need to learn how to do is how do we grow our economic and our physical portfolio by 10 or 15%. So what we got to first figure out is what is our automatic, not our rock down shit at the end of the mud hooked up to a needle about to die. Does that make sense? Most people start versus, wait a second, like what is my automatic? So I teach a little concept called minimum action progress plan. And when people hear it it goes, oh my God, that's like the antichrist. You just (laughs) told me to pick a little. And I'm like, no, massive action is called massive burnout. You've done it, Renee. You you could go 90 days and if you're a badass two years and then you're fried. That's right. Everyone, I'm sure you saw it with Ty too. Go, 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 and then fried, right? So that's me, what I realized is, what is my automatic, my go-to that I can do? What is the little amount I could save each month? What is the little amount I can do on Facebook ads each month? What is the amount I can do on workouts without trying that I would do automatically? Once I figure out what that number is, how do you grow that by five or 10%? And that is the fastest way to change your life and to get where you wanna go. And that is what I've been doing for a decade is finding out my automatic and raising my average, not raising my goal line, but just getting making my work ethic be based on how do I get what is my normal to a higher level. Yeah, I think that's great stuff. One little bit there that I probably have a little bit of a different perspective on, and that's yep. just from my own practices is regarding savings. Yep. I actually tell people not to focus on savings, focus on earning more. That's great. And your saving just kind of grows, right? I think you can't save your way to prosperity. I mean, you can to a certain extent. I have a ridiculous plan that overrides people's nervous system on that. Yeah. It's crazy. So let's take a blend of both of our concepts, right? Okay. If you went to your bank right now and you transferred $5 a day from your checking to your savings, would you know what's missing? No. Okay, so and let's say you cancel the NFL package because there's no package this year, and let's say you had it, right? And then you transfer another, you do another transfer, another $80. Human beings are lazy, correct? Right. So we don't wanna change things. So what I recognize for years I would teach people is when you don't need to save, but if you just literally hide money and you create all these little auto transfers, these little things, what happens is you have a different relationship with your money. So what happens is, I've got like 50 little $5 a week, $7 a day, $7 a month, $25, 30. I have so many of them that even if I needed the money, I couldn't turn them all off because it's annoying. So what I recognize, I have like like $150,000 just sitting in an account from little five tens and 15s. Now granted, I had to earn more money to afford that, Mm -hmm. but you're right. You can't Dave Ramsey your way better. You're not going to just get out of debt and save money. You need to earn more. I totally agree with that. But I will tell you, we do need to respect money in the way that 
ask ourselves a question, where am I going to put some of this? So when it's time to buy Tesla stock at 210 and it goes up to 1500, I'm ready. Absolutely. I just got to tell, I got to call out every entrepreneur and go, I screwed up the first decade of my career only earning and not being like a hawk and waiting for opportunity. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. For me, I've had situations where I've gone in and realized that I was getting charged, you know, 50 bucks a month for something for the last six months and yep. I never noticed it. And that's yep. money that, you know, is kind of found once you realize it or app subscriptions on your phone. That's another one. How many things are you subscribed to that you don't even realize that they're charging you for every month? I cancel those all the time and I move them to another account, which is my investment fund. Mm -hmm. So I move them to my E-Trade account. As soon as I find like $9.87 you were getting for blah, blah, blah app, I forward that immediately to my E-Trade account. And then I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, because that's 120 bucks a year. That's right. That I could buy one share of Apple with. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, we're talking about habits. So as a society, we've built these habits of comparing ourselves to those around us. How can we start building a new mindset for comparing our success and progress to our own average, as you said, to our own metrics? I got a, I got a big question for you. Did you like sports when you were a kid? I did. I played football, baseball, and basketball growing up. Who'd you look up to? Well, I grew up in LA, so I, you know, I liked the Rams in football, basketball, Lakers were my jam, and you know, the Dodgers. Who was your Lakers? Who was your Lakers player that you admired when you were younger? 15 years ago. Magic Johnson. Well, Mag during my, I'm older than you are, so okay. I'm, I'm 52. So Magic Johnson. Yeah. So Magic, okay. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. So years ago, a guy says to me, he goes, Michael, how tall are you? And I'm six foot six. And he goes, why don't you start acting like it? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you act like you're five seven. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you're playing your life small. My question for most people out there is like, we admire Magic. We admire Michael. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. But we don't ever ask ourselves how good we could be if we actually showed up. Yeah. And that's the funny thing is like, I learned a long time ago, I don't know what it is, like don't have idols and stuff like that. It's like, dude, the only reason, like as soon as you put somebody on a pedestal, you put your ass on the floor. And that's what most people don't recognize. So when you admire somebody, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You can appreciate somebody. But as soon as you make somebody better, you made yourself worse. I'm just telling you, you did. So we got to ask ourselves, how good could you be if you actually showed up? If you actually did what needed to get done, you actually made it. Now, you and I may not be dunking in the NBA, but man, Imagine the world said to themselves, how good could I be if I actually really cared? If I was actually really serious about this, what would I do? And I think most people don't use that word when it comes to things they want. I think they're passionate about their business. I think they're spitting because they're excited. They're sweating because they're nervous. They're dying in a passion puddle, but they're not serious. They're not serious. They're passionate. And there's a big difference. A serious business owner solves their problem, gets through it, and moves on to the next thing. A passionate business owner runs in circles, going to events, trying to figure it all out, looking for the next big thing, admiring everybody else. A serious business owner looks at it, goes, I want it, got it, I figured it out, what's next? And that's one of the things I'll, I just wanna throw out to you is that concept is, instead of admiring and thinking other people are doing better, you gotta ask yourself, if you're really serious about it, what would you do? And that's a different question. If you were serious about killing it on podcasts, what would you do? If you looked at Gary Vee or someone and go, Wow, that's amazing. What would you do? See, if you're serious and you're like, oh, I'm scared of the camera, you hire a video coach. I can recommend five to you. Yeah. Get a video coach, you get serious about it. Michael, but I don't have a camera. Then you deliver newspapers in the morning and you get a camera. If you're serious about it, you solve it. The problem is you're comfortable and you like your current reality. I agree. And I think that one of the things that people need to create in their lives are good feedback loops because it touches on a couple of things that you've already said. One is we get comfortable in our routines and we don't question whether or not what we're doing is, you know, what we actually should be doing. And, you know, another way of saying what you were saying is you've got to fall in love more with the outcomes and transformations you can create in the lives of your clients and customers versus solving problems, because then you're just, you know, really, you're just a fireman at that point. And not to diminish firemen, I think they're some of the greatest people on earth, great. but it's a different role, right? And with business, you have to really get out there and look at ways to innovate and create again, the, be the best transformations you can out of your products and services. What advice would you give aspiring entrepreneurs who are just starting out, they want to start a business in this kind of climate, but they're hesitant due to some of the uncertainties that we're all facing? There's always uncertainty. This one just has a name on it. There's always uncertainties. Markets go up and down. People get sick. There's always uncertainty. There is. What there is now is it's blatantly obvious in your face in the middle of a political campaign, realizing the disconnect between you and your neighbor. But I will tell you, there is never a perfect time to get started, but it is a great time to get started, and here's why. 
I would say 80 to 90% of the world is taking a nap right now. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a big hockey guy and I, I my mean, wife sent me to go play uh, hockey with the 80s Olympic team, which is our generation, you know, yeah. remember Lake Placid, I got to go play That's with right. those guys. And when the goalie was pulled out of the game, the greatest goalie in the world, it was the greatest opportunity for the Americans to win. Yeah. Your competition is hurt right now. So if you're playing against the Lakers and Magic back in the day is out, injured, knee injury, or Jordan has got the calf thing going on, you dominate right now. So my opinion is right now, we're playing against a hurt competition. Like they're out. Like my competition in business, like you know what my competition was? It was never Tony Robbins. It was never um, any of the other speakers. It was Vegas, Disneyland, Six Flags, other place you could spend your money, Carnival Cruise Line. They're all out right now. People can't go spend 20, 30,000 bucks going to Disney because that's what it costs for a day at Disney these days if you could actually go. My competition's out. And so one of the recommendations I'd give you is it's go time. And you got to look in the mirror and go, got it. I'm in a game. And also, I have kids. I'm going to tell you, the popularity contests are over. Unless I'm missing something, the bullying, unless it's being found somewhere else, there's no one to bully because nobody's around anybody right now. Like, there's nobody to give you a hard time. There's offices aren't open. It's weird right now. It's like, all of the normal fears are gone. It's just the only fear is, do I wear a mask or not? Am I going to get corona, right? And odds are 99.9999% you're going to be fine. So what's fascinating is there's less fear. There's less worry. There's less old school challenges. There's just you may have the one zero 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 percent chance you might die, which is not really there. Other than that, stay in your house. Figure it out. So my recommendation is go time. And put yourself out there and it's time to screw up because nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. Most people are concerned with themselves right now and their own insecurities, and their own worry. You can make a crappy video right now. You can make a bad website. Everyone's so concerned with their kids in school and worry about everything else. They won't even know you missed a period. They're not going to know that you missed an exclamation point. They're not going to know that your video is flubbed up or whatever. That's my thing right now. I'm going to tell you, go time because nobody's watching and your natural worry shouldn't be there. Well, as a marketer, how do you break through? the lack of attention that you just spoke to in a time like this. There's a ton of attention. There's a ton of attention. Everybody's online right now. Everybody's at home. They're in front of the computers. Like, I don't know if everyone can realize this or not. I'm not going to get into conspiracy, but I'm going to say if everyone has to be home, they're either on TV or on their phones. This is what we've been trained to do. So whether the media is like jumping up and down, Fox News and NBC and CNN are like, damn straight, this is great. We got them home. We got them where we want them, right? Captive audience. Captive audience. We all have a captive audience. So we've got to have the conversations people want to have. So what I know, the conversations right now, July 17th, the day we're recording this right now, is what am I gonna do with my kids in two months? With my daughter with college, she's about to go back to LA for college outside of Pasadena. Is school gonna be open or not? So these are questions we have. Like if I'm a storage company, I'm killing it right now. I'm plexiglass company, I'm killing it right now. If I'm a mass company, you're killing it right now. Like you've got to like, a lady goes, well, how am I gonna make money with yoga pants? In April, she said this to me. I said, yeah. what is the only thing women are gonna wear for the next 90 days? Yoga pants. Yeah. So you've got to ask yourselves as a marketer, are you willing to, Get a few new tricks. It, think of it this way. You're really good at three-card Monty. And you've been doing it for years. And you travel around to all the Super Bowls. And you play three-card Monty. If you don't know what it is, I'm from Jersey. It's it's a, you know what it is in LA. I, you know I, I do, yeah. But our listeners may not, if you want to explain a little bit. Yeah. It's a scam. It's a, it's a pick a card, pick a card, pick a card game. Once it gets figured out, the game's over. So here's the deal. Everything prior to March, it's over. Just own it. Game's over, folks. It's over. What you used to do, you can't do, but you could do anything else other than that. And that's the thing I'm going to tell you. You could do anything else other than that. What will you do? And that's the beautiful thing. Like, you know, it's funny. Dogs don't know what's going on right now because they don't watch the news. (laughs) And anyone brand new to business that never did it before, you don't know any different. It's like hiring a new employee. They don't know it's not normal to ask for a $30,000 sale. You just tell them to do their job. So your job right now as a business owner is to get a merchant account share a good product with people and ask people to buy it. Yeah. Rules haven't changed. You coach a lot of clients. What's the most yep. common culprit that's holding them back? Their mindset. I'm getting a lot of phone calls from really like people we know, and I'm not going to mention names. These people do really well. They're actually doing really well right now. One of the things that people are running into right now is they're doing well Yeah. and they feel bad. There's this really weird guilt that's going on that mommy and daddy gave them when they were six, this Irish Catholic Jewish 
Muslim, make sure I get them all, every type <laughs> of religion, Scientology, I'll cover every Buddhist, yeah. this guilt that we have since we were kids. And people are feeling guilty because they're doing well. I got a lot of clients that are calling me, go, Michael, I'm doing better than ever, but man, is this what I want to do? The other thing people are running into is they've been doing what they've been doing for a long period of time and they're like, wait a second, I could start over? I can actually do what I want to do right now. And I'm running to a lot of people realizing that they really want to invent themselves, reinvent themselves in a different way. And other than that, the other thing I'm running into is people saying, is it really going to work? Now, that same is it really going to work is what I love about Corona, and I don't love anything about it, is the obviousness. People are using it as an excuse to, to not succeed, and they'll blame Corona for why their dentist practice didn't work. They were going to use anything they could have. So sure. I'm watching people use mainstream complaining as their excuse for not succeeding where before they didn't have an excuse because here's the deal people love to fail so they don't have to change who they are because we've invested interest in our current reality we don't want to become better than we currently are and the reason we don't want to become better is then we have to admit that we weren't good enough so there's a lot of people right now that are using political unrest and all that other stuff as an excuse for not succeeding so those are the three i'm seeing from who our clients are yeah yeah, that's good stuff. I, I tell people all the time, just focus on what you can control, forget the rest. Yep. You know, there's nothing you can do about those things. So one of the questions I like asking guests now, I, I know that based on what you said earlier about not putting people on a pedestal, uh, which I agree with, but we all have people that we admired or learned from or, you know, mentored, whether it was in reality or virtually. If you could have dinner with anyone tonight, living or dead, what's the one question that you'd want to know from them? based on our current situation? Picking a person that, uh, picking a person, you're saying somebody that I either know or don't know? Yeah, living or dead, anyone who, whether, you know, they're a historical figure or, you know, a family member, whoever. I would love to, it's just random you said this, I would love to grab Viktor Frankl, hmm. who lived through Auschwitz. My favorite book. ask him, yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's funny. I, I would love to ask him what his mindset was and how he did it go deeper than what's in the book. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to share as much of that as possible with people today because this is a joke what we're dealing with compared to that. And and some of you might say, oh, Michael, it's not a joke. Please don't be offended. I have family members, family friends that have been in the ICU, okay, through all this. So I get it. But what I'm saying is the fact that kids are not getting drafted and coming back in body bags every week from our neighborhood compared to 1968 uh, Vietnam, either in Vietnam or in rural America, this is not as bad as that. So I would love to talk to Viktor Frankl. I'd ask him what his mindset was, how he lived day to day and what he did to encourage people that worked. Yeah, That's the question I'd ask. I'd want to know that so I could share with people. And for the listeners who may not know what book we're talking about, we're talking about man's search for meaning which is an amazing book. I made my children read it in high school and I've had several mentees read, especially during this time where everyone has a certain amount of fear or anxiety and that's okay. I'm not saying ignore that stuff or pretend it doesn't exist there, but put it in context and realize that you do have a lot more control than you think you do. So for anyone experiencing any of those feelings, that's the one book I'd recommend you go get today or order it today. You could probably even find it as a PDF online, my buddy Patrick, do you know Patrick Gentempo? Do you know Patrick? I don't know. Uh, he's like the godfather of chiropractic. Like he's like, like some people are with marketing. He's like the uh, bad. And he said, one of the things he's focused on is a different question right now is like, what kind of world do we want to create? So we don't know the world we want. Mm -hmm. What is the world we want to create? So instead of thinking the whole world's coming to an end and finding every conspiracy video to back up your own thinking or complain about the government one way or the other, left, right, red, blue, up, down, he goes, Imagine the world we have the ability to create now that we have almost a fresh slate right now. What could we create in our own environment? So one of the things my parents taught me when I was a kid, this is interesting. Do you have boys or girls? I have both. I have a, my daughter is the eldest and, and my son is the youngest. Uh, they're both adult you know, children okay. at this point. Did you go through American girl phase or was that? I have three granddaughters. So I did with okay. my granddaughters. Yeah. You look so young. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, know. I got started early. One of my daughter's... My daughter, Maya, got this American Girl doll that had a birthday right around the corona hit, right? So right around March. And I silly said, hey, maybe we should throw a birthday for Rebecca. And then I started reading about Rebecca. And then she threw a full-on party. My wife is going to kill me. It's like, oh, my God, the last thing I need right now is a party for this doll, right, yeah. that we're going to have during this. And 
She said one of the things her grandparents taught her was something that my parents taught me as well as kids because they were from the same place in Russia where they were from. I said, our obligation as human beings is to, the world is wonderful, but we need to do our part to repair it by repairing the parts of ourselves. And I mm -hmm. thought about that for a second. As an entrepreneur, one of our missions is to make the world better, to repair the parts that are broken by repairing the parts of ourselves. So when I think of that word repair right now, the world is in need of repair. And ourselves, we're in need of like, I was a little late for our recording because the AC needed a repair at the house. It's pretty new, but it, it needed a minor repair. So my question is, if you were to look at yourself, you're not broken and say, what parts of myself could I repair to make the world a better place? If we went into our business that way and go, what could my business do? that could repair something in the world. It could be something as simple as offering a great place that people can believe that this is a wonderful place to work. We could repair the fact that people don't believe virtual works. We could repair the world through coaching or training or whatever it is. So that's an interesting word that I wanted to play off of is the word repair is I think the world is in need of repair, but I think as humans, maybe we gotta do a tune up on ourselves and really repair parts that aren't working the way they need to. Yeah, that's great. I have one comment and a follow-up question about that. So one comment, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because yesterday I have a private Facebook group called Inner Spartan Unleashed. And for those in the group, I posted yesterday a video and a worksheet. I have, and you may have heard of this as, I don't remember if it was from Cal Newport's book, which is Deep Work or the other book. I can't remember the author's name right now. Even deeper. Atomic Habits. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, there's four burners theory. Well, you know, I have something that's similar to that, and that's called tending your gardens. Mm -hmm. I see that we have all these little gardens in our life, right? Health, wealth, relationships. And some people might think love is the fourth pillar or, or happiness. For me, it's, I call it sort of inner strength, your mindset, your sense of contentment and joy with what you're doing in life. And each of those pillars, look, you, Michael, may be in you know business growth mode right now, where for me, my priority is my health. So I rated myself on a scale of one to 10 in each of these areas. And my hypothesis is if you're at a five and above, you're going to be in some form of thriving. If you're below that, if you're a four or below in any one of those four pillars, you're going to be in some form of suffering. So it's important that when we're doing that repair work to really kind of analyze your, your, your own situation and realize where you are in each of those important pillars and do the work that you need to do to shore up to at least a five so that you know, you're know you at least in thriving mode, you're not suffering anymore. Because in my situation, I rate myself, let's say an eight in wealth, relationships, and that inner strength, right? But when I look at my health, you know, I had cancer 16 years ago, Cushing syndrome three and a half years ago. So I put on 130 pounds of which I've lost over hundred now, but I still got like, you know, 25, 30 to go. And so for me, it doesn't matter how much money I make, how great my relationships are, how strong my mindset is, or my sense of inner strength. As long as my health is under a five, I'm always going to be in some form of suffering. So I've got to level that up so that I can then focus on these other things that I want to focus on and never let that garden die, right? If you stop watering it, you stop giving it sun, it dies, right? So that was the one comment. So the follow-up question that I have is going back to this issue of like, where you were talking about having repair, do you have any mental frameworks for decision-making or sort of doing that self-analysis that you use in order to get really crystal clear? Because obviously when we're doing this kind of internal work, being as specific as possible is helpful. If we generalize too much, it's hard to really kind of pinpoint what the issue is. But let's make an imaginary person with an imaginary sure. situation. The reason I want to do that is I want to figure out like what this person is. So tell me a little bit about this person and then I'll give you an example of what I mean. And the reason is it's very broad and I don't want to give my, my synopsis. Let's talk about someone who wants to be an entrepreneur. They're in a situation where maybe they don't have a job to go back to after all of this. They're looking for, as you said, to take this opportunity to do something new, to come in to, to reinvent themselves. Yeah. But they have that, you know, a lot of people have, whether it's a fear of failure or, or what have you, but they're having difficulty moving forward and actually executing the things that they think that they want and that are important to them. How would you advise someone like that? Okay, so here's the thing. Most people are trying to keep an old version of themselves happy. So if we want to do really deep work, I'm going to tell you a little story here real quick. My book, I battled with getting it done for about nine years. And you and I have come across enough people that have book battled. We'll call it like yeah. they fought like American Gladiator style. Yeah. And the reason why was a 10-year-old boy was trying to write the book, meaning that a boy that 
was told he had ADD, a boy that was told he couldn't finish things. And I wanted to prove a point. I, I burned through $75,000 worth of publishers that I paid to help me and editors and everything. And then eventually Tucker helped me with the book personally and boom, got it done like that. Great. But really what got it done was, it was an interesting concept, is I looked in the mirror one day and I said to myself, wait a second, my average is I'm not an author. This is not who I am. I want to do something I've never done before. So then I looked in the mirror and I, I said something, I didn't even say this in my book, but it's very powerful. I said, what does a 41 year old man, this last year, that's spoken probably to over a million people over the years, if I were to count them all, that's had hundreds of thousands of people take courses from him, has personally coached thousands of people, who's happily married, that's got two great kids. What can that guy do for a book? And it's like this shit-eating grin went on my face. The confidence went up. I looked in the mirror and go, wait a second. I don't know how to do this. I need help. And I looked at my wife and I said, will you help me? Now, she knows how to finish things. Like, literally, she's a doer, type A like me. She goes, sure, I'll help you. And literally four days later, the publisher got my book. And the reason why was- four, You said four days. Four days. Okay. Not 40, four days. Yeah. Like, four days later, it went from crazy ADD manuscript to organized, done, over to the publisher. And six months later, the book's produced and it's out there in the world. And we sold 8,000 copies in a couple of weeks. People love it. People are finishing the book, which is incredible. And what I realized was- the wrong person was living my life. So what I recognize for all of you, if you want to do the work, you've got to take an analysis of who you are currently. When Corona hit, most people thought, oh my God, I gotta reinvent my business. And they've been in business 22 years. So they they're, say they're 50, they go back to being 30 again or 28, and they think that's where they need to start. So my question for you is like, Renee, what does a guy that's helped been a CEO for some major corporations, that's a grandfather, raised two great kids, that's beat cancer, what the hell can that guy do? So my theory is most of us are asking the wrong part of ourselves to do the change mm -hmm. instead of our current selves. I even did this with our buddy, Brad. I, I was on his podcast. I said, Brad, you got to, you got to make a decision, Brad. I said, look, what does a guy that lives in that incredible beach house that has married to a great woman that travels around the world, has great connections. What can that person do? So even if you've been in business 90 days, great. What does a man or woman that's been in business for 90 days do? And I think that's the biggest framework people have to ask is, who you are currently from your current position, what can that man or woman do? Even if you lost all your money, what does a guy do that made millions of dollars, that lost it all, dealt with this, this, and this? So that's that's the biggest framework I'd give people is to ask that question is, what would you do from your current scenario? That's where I'd start. Because I tell you, your repair is going to be better than, okay, got to break everything again and start over. Yeah, that's golden advice, man. That's great stuff. And just to bring the listeners in on a little bit of that inside baseball. So you were referring to Tucker Max earlier yep. and yep. his service scribe. Is that what yep. you use? Yeah. Uh, I use scribe. I worked with Tucker personally. He's a dear friend of mine and he knew how difficult I, I was going to be uh, to work with, but he said, you're going to need somebody difficult, Michael, to, to hit you back. So they wouldn't let me fail. And what got it over the finish line was the combo between me asking my wife for help and her getting that last, 5% over the line, her, Tucker, and I worked together. Boom, book was done. I wrote it. I said it. I did it. But yes, that's Tucker. Yeah, Tucker is a great guy. And I've written you know, a book, which is in editing now. I didn't use Tucker, but I've heard many great things about his service. Yep. The other person that you mentioned is Brad. That's Brad Lee, who's the CEO yep. of Lightspeed. Yep. He's an online influencer, another brilliant and uh, great guy. All right, now that they're all caught up here, you know, we've got- <laughs> That's our side lingo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'll put links to all of this in the show notes for you guys uh, who are listening and want to dig a little deeper, not just on on Michael, but on some of the folks that we're, we're mentioning here. Michael, what's the common myth about our profession or entrepreneurship that you'd like to debunk today? That it's easy and that it ends. And the reason I say it ends is there is no ending. I just want to tell you, like a lot of people think there's a goal and you get there. There is a goal and you start there. And I'd say that's one of the biggest myths, like the Super Bowl. Most kids are going to be more excited about winning the Super Bowl until they actually win it. And then you win it, you're depressed on Tuesday. So one of the things is your goal will never make you happy as you think it will. 
the continuous pursuit of goals will make you happy the rest of your life. We should get that one out of the way right now because yeah. it was first for me, it was six figures, then a million. I was sitting in a $2 million building right now that I bought a couple of years ago. I bought this whole institute, um, buying a house, all these things like most, oh my God, I got my Escalade when I finally got it. I've had 11 of them, but the first one I got and I'm, I started getting them 10 years ago. Every year I get a new one. Oh my God, it's amazing. And then you get dirt on your foot and you got 39 more payments. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I get a new one because I don't drive much. And the guy brings me a new one or resells it. But that's one of the biggest myths that I would say is that there's an end because there's not. So if you're going to get in, you're in forever. And it's like the mafia. You can't get out. You're yeah. in and that's great. There is no end. And my best metaphor I can give you. So have you been at Del Mar? I have, yeah. So there's this Del Mar Grand Hotel or whatever, mm -hmm. Fairmont, beautiful hotel. And I'm sitting there with my wife. We're in the pool. And I see this couple that's like 70 my parents are in their 70s too, so I look at them, but they're different than my parents. I know I'm spending a thousand bucks a night for the room and they're staying next to us, and I can tell they're at the pool, they're eating sushi, they're having a fancy life. And I, we just started talking to the pool, they're there for four weeks, okay? I'm there for a week, and I'm like, man, it's like 20 grand for, for a week at this place if you do it right. They're here for four weeks. My goal is to be them. Does that make sense? Yeah. To have not a care in the world, to be that couple at the pool, still in love, having a business takes care of itself so you could take four weeks off and spend 50,000 bucks or whatever it is, going to the racetrack, doing your thing, having a blast. Have a really clear goal in mind that you wanna be really happy in your 70s and 80s, that you got a business that takes care of itself and you could take a couple weeks off. That's, that's my goal as an entrepreneur. Great, and aside from reading Average Sucks, which yeah. you know maybe you and I will work on something where we can have some little promo or contest for, yeah. for the listeners to get some copies out there for you. What's, you know, what are you reading now? What's the one book that people should be reading? Uh, there's a lot of books uh, I'm reading. This is weird. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. I'm so am I, by the way, which exit? Uh, are you from <laughs> New Jersey? I was born in Patterson, but uh, I moved to Los Angeles when I was six months old. So I consider myself okay. an Angelina. You're a Jersey boy. Okay. Yeah. So there was a, I'm reading this right now by the guy. This is weird, weird, weird book. It's by the guy that started a, um, Action Park. Okay. And um, it was a water park I went to when I was a kid. He invented the water park. He invented the wave pool. Hmm. This is a park that you went to. And I'm going to tell you why I'm rec recommending this book right now. His foresight business-wise was light years ahead of anybody. There was Disneyland, Six Flags, and that was it. Yeah. So he, got, he inherited a ski slope. And he goes, what the hell am I going to do with this in the summer? He had a problem. There was no ski in the summer. Yeah. So he invented a water park and he goes, I want to get people in control of their own fear and their own ability to get hurt. So he built something that's super dangerous. And our parents would say to ourselves, they would say to themselves like, wow, um, what can I do? Like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to drop my kid off there? And they drop us off. How many band-aids are you going to bring? How many stitches? The place was packed all the time. He invented this whole thing and he goes, how do I give people more control that they want? They want their own control because at Disney, you're strapped in. Yeah. This was how do I give as much control to the people, how much they want to get hurt. So I'm loving his insights because when I read business books, I don't need six ways to do things. I want a book on the thinking pattern. So this, exactly. and I love, it's like Shoe Dog for water parks. Okay. It's right. amazing. If you didn't read Shoe Dog, read that. So I, I have, I'm yeah. loving this right now. This is from the child who lived with the crazy entrepreneurial father. That's great. So, uh, water park and then maybe shoe dog. If you guys, if yep. they haven't listened or read those yet, uh, that's great. What's the most interesting thing about you that we wouldn't learn from reading your bio or learning about you online? What's the most interesting thing about you that we'd find out? One of the most interesting things that, uh, you could know about me right off the bat is, uh, what's your definition of interesting? Cause I can go real extreme or not. Yeah. Well, however you define it, it's whatever, whatever you think is interesting about you that we, we you'd like uh, our listeners to know. Well, I play hockey three days a week. I don't find that interesting. I bought a building next to the rink so I can play. I do everything I can. I live my life. I built my life the way I want it. I drive about 5,000 miles a year because I don't go, I don't do anything outside of my comfort zone. I build a life of convenience for myself. Forgive me. Comfort zone is the wrong word. Yeah. Outside of my little area. I sure. live outside of my comfort zone. I'm one of the best in the world at language patterns and communication. So I'm a guy that figured out how to do things that most people can't do in weeks, months, or years, I find a way to do in five or seven minutes. There's friends that we both know that I get them over major challenges mm -hmm. in five to seven minutes. So my biggest thing is I believe I can solve linguistically almost anybody's life challenge if they want to change in a matter of 20 minutes. I've been having that promise to people for years if they want to change. And I've been 
I don't know, I've succeeded a few thousand times. I'm doing pretty good with it. I know that you and Tim are working on or have a course out there now. Is there something that you'd like to talk about now before we close up? Yeah, I would. Um, people for years, I mean, you want to tell you, want to, you want to learn the, how to win in Corona and show people what you got. I mean, it's like I got a Tempur-Pedic bed. You, you, you test out a few and you buy the one you like. So we've been giving away our class now for we've given away three point five million dollars worth of our programs in the last four months that we used to sell for years. We've sold. 30, 40, $50 million worth of stuff. We're just giving it away now. So we've got a program called Call to Action that's meant for entrepreneurs. It's five days from the comfort of your home. I've been doing this for 17 years. Renee, prior to MySpace, I've been doing this. Prior to Facebook, prior to prior to like Google being famous, right? Yeah. So it's five days from the comfort of your home where I work with you live. I came out of digital retirement and we, we figure out what your psychological triggers are. We figure out how to get you out of your comfort zone. We figure out it's not a sales thing, but what makes you tick? What makes other people tick? It's in a group environment. If you're interested, check it out. It's, uh, I believe it's calledtoactiontime.com. I believe that's the website. We'll put the link in the the Um, show notes. Put the link in the show notes. Check it out. And uh, the link will be there if you want to go there. That'd be awesome. I'd love to work with you if that's something you want. And um, that'd be super awesome. I'd I'd love to work with you. I'll put the appropriate link in the show notes so you guys have access. But it's five days kicking your butt and holding your hand, and I'll show you how to do it. And just to make sure that I heard that right, so this is five days of group coaching, and this is a paid program or an unpaid program? It's unpaid. It's free. Wow. Yeah, it's a great value. So uh, I definitely, you know, having worked with Michael and uh, known him now for, I guess it's around 2015, I highly recommend him. Uh, Again, there, there are few people on this earth that are as good as he is at what he does. So. I strongly recommend. uh, May not be famous, but I'm qualified. I think I'll take one over the other. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Michael, whether it's about mindset or entrepreneurship uh, or language patterns, what's the one question I should have asked you, but I didn't know enough to ask? The biggest thing you could ask me is um, you covered almost everything. Who would I ask? What would I do? I think the biggest question you could ask me is what is one thing anybody could do right now that would make the quickest difference in their life. Okay, what is that one thing? Check your language. And what I mean by that is you gotta check it at the table. Everything can be languaged a little better than you currently are, and I don't mean positive. Mm-hmm. It's check your language. There's another way to say anything that gives you a different emotional appeal. I watched your governor in California say, hey everybody, please stay home. And then the media said, hey, he's on lockdown. The media wanted your attention. You were never told you were on lockdown. You were told to stay home, Yeah. okay? And so the language of lockdown means shut up and stay home. The word stay home means just stay home. So we've got to check our language on a regular basis and ask ourselves, are we saying it the best way to get what we want? Is business hard or we haven't figured it out yet? Is diets hard or we haven't figured it out yet? Um, Are you a bad parent or you're not getting along with your kids currently? We've got to be really clear in our language because our mind thinks literally what we said is permanent. So we got to be really, really careful. So number one, check your language. And, And I don't mean cursing. I mean, literally, are you saying it in a way that if it's going to stay that way permanently, you're okay with it? Yeah, that's great. And by the way, I don't live in California anymore. I moved a couple of years ago to Vegas. Yeah. You got to come me. hang out when, you're, when you come me. back. I forgot you're in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're out there. My buddy, uh, John Orlando's out there. I got uh, Tony Orlando's kid. You know, you know, Tony, remember him back in the day? I, I remember Tony, Tony, Tony Orlando and Don. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I met him on a plane uh-huh. and I met this kid out there and he's out there. I got to meet him. So Tony's like, I meet Tony all the time. I talk all the time on the phone to him right now. The advice a guy gives me about what it was like to hang with Sinatra, Elvis. I mean, he's got stories you couldn't believe that are relevant today. And you know what he said to me? This is cool. What used to happen back in the day is the big dogs used to help the little dogs out. And nowadays it doesn't happen that way. Where yeah. Frank helped him make it in the world. Elvis helped him make it in the world. And he goes, you don't see that in show business today. People's egos are too big. And um, that's one thing we have to bring back as entrepreneurs is help a small business owner out and you're doing your your duty in this world. Yeah, I, I believe in mentorship a great deal. I've been mentored by some great people. And so yep. I mentor people. And, and just for, for clarity's sake, a, a lot of people out there sell mentorship. That's not that's coaching. Uh, yep. I, for me, a mentor, mentorship, you don't buy me as a mentor. Nope. You, you can pay for me as a coach yep. or a strategic advisor or a contract CEO. But a mentorship is is a mutually symbiotic relationship that I, you know, one decides to get into. Yep. And for me, my return or my payment is their success. And so I'm very careful yep. who I choose to mentor. But uh, agree. And I also agree with your language uh, uh, pattern uh, thing. You know, I kind of came up with an acronym for how I approach all of 
the people who I coach, I call it BLAST, B-L-A-S-T-T. And, you know, the B is for beliefs. So that's the first yep. thing I look at or what are sort of, sort of their belief systems? What are their language patterns that they're using that are reinforcing those belief systems? Then we go into action and, and support systems. And, and then, then that's where the transformation starts to come in. And then we go from transformation to teaching because that's where you kind of reinforce everything is where you teach others how to do what you're doing and how right. you achieved your, your success. So, all right, Michael, again, it's been a, a great chat. Hopefully we could do this again. Love it. Where we have a, a longer schedule available to both of us. We'll take three hours and we'll just chat out stuff. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where can my listeners connect with you online? Definitely take the class. You can get a chance to know me. Check the show notes. Call for to that. action. Yep. Get Average Sucks. Get my book. Um, get to know me. It'll be like I'm sitting next to you or laying down next to you wherever you read. It'll be weird. I'm in a million beds and I'm in a million bathtubs. People are reading the book. But I wrote it for entrepreneurs to read quickly. It's a real thick book. It's a real book. It's a physical it's, book. It's right behind you. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got it right here. Yeah. And it's a real book. It's not some little rag people have. But you'll finish it in a couple of hours because it's like written by a guy with ADD, for people with ADD, entrepreneurs. And it's easy to read quick to the point and it'll challenge you to think a little differently. So I wrote it for people to finish it. And I think that's one of the greatest compliments I've gotten is over a thousand people have emailed me saying I finished your book. Mm -hmm. And instead of I got your book, I finished your book. Yeah, that's right. And that, that you don't hear that much. I wrote it to be read. Yeah, that's great. It's one thing to buy a book. It's another thing to read the book and it's another thing altogether to absorb what you've read. So I think that you're a good person to read and absorb some of that knowledge that you have. So. I highly encourage, uh, the, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm sure it's gold enough. AverageSucks.com, I'll get you, we'll get one out to you. Yeah, and let's uh, let's talk offline or maybe come up with some ideas. Like I said, maybe we could do something to help uh, promote Love your it. book and get it out there as much as we can. And so Michael, thanks so much again. You've been a great guest and I appreciate you spending some time with us here on Inner Spartan Unleashed. It's an honor, my man. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with my friend, Michael Burnoff, the author of Average Sucks, Why You Don't Get What You Want and What to Do About It. Because of our busy schedules, we haven't been able to connect to come up with a promotion on how to get a few of these copies into your hands. But we will be working on that here soon, and I will update you as soon as I have that information. Do me a favor. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show rate and comment on this episode and share it with your like-minded family and friends. As always, thank you for following me on this journey. I look forward to continuing the conversation next week on Inner Spartan Unleashed.